Is it worth it? The Film Review Podcast presents Road to the Oscars. Join me, David Long, on this journey as we talk all things Oscars before the big event, the 94th Academy Awards, on Sunday the 27th of March, 2022. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Road to the Oscars. Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 2 of Road to the Oscars. My name is David Long and I am your host. The Oscar nominations dropped like an asteroid hurtling towards Earth. People were dancing in the streets, having to be chauffeured in their own cars, and there's power in the air. But do these dogs have legs? In this episode, I'll be reacting to these nominations, but first, some important and interesting stats. Flee is the first documentary to be nominated for animated feature film, and the first animated feature film to be nominated for documentary feature. Flee also makes history with three nominations in animated feature, documentary feature, and international feature. Steven Spielberg receives his 11th nomination for Best Picture, a record for an individual producer. He also becomes the first person to be nominated for Best Director across six decades. Jane Campion becomes the first woman to have more than one nomination in the directing category. She is the fourth woman to be nominated for directing. For the fourth consecutive year, the director of a film nominated for the International Feature Film category has also received a nomination in the directing category. Ari Regner, The Power of the Dog, becomes the second woman to be nominated for cinematography. No Time to Die is the sixth song from the James Bond franchise to be nominated for original song. Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz are the sixth married couple to be nominated for acting in the same year. Troy Kotzer is the second deaf actor to be nominated for playing a deaf character. Previously, Marley Matlin won an Oscar for her leading role in Children of a Lesser God in 1986. She also stars in the fantastic Best Picture nominated film Coda. And finally, Kristen Stewart and Ariana DeBose have made Oscars history as 2022 is the first year two openly LGBT plus actors have been nominated in the acting categories. So that's some stats. Now it's time to react to all the nominations. So get comfy and get ready for Road to the Oscars. It gives me great pleasure to introduce my second guest. Well, actually, it's better than that. It's guests. I'm joined by not one, but two fabulous gentlemen joining me from the United States of America. It's Mike One and also Mike from the Mike, Mike and Oscar podcast. Gentlemen, how art thou? I just lost money by being on this show, Dave. Uh, thanks for having us back. As always, uh, you just recorded uh, Oscar Race Checkpoint with us. Uh, we're on this road to the Oscars. Jared Leto could sit his ass home. I'm happy with all this, Mike. Why would you do that? Like, we don't have to start throwing punches. We could pretend <laughs> yeah, we like we each do. other. 
Oh, we're 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 um we're thirty forty seconds Beyond in, and that. we've already mentioned Jared Leto. <laughs> um, oh, what a what a terrible day for all House of Gucci fans. Oscar nominations day um, was. Um, before we dive into our reactions to this year's nominations, please can you tell our lovely listeners where they can find your work and what it is you do over at the MM and O Empire. Yeah, uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Mike won, also Mike, and we talk about Oscars year-round. We try to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. That's one of our uh, sayings, but you could find us wherever you hear podcasts. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, which is where we're probably most active. And uh, if you see a sincere tweet and an honest and a genuine one, that's probably also Mike behind the keyboard. <laughs> and if you see someone just trying to troll and undermine everyone for you know the fun of it, that's probably me, Mike won. But uh, otherwise, we love interacting. We love talking Oscars year-round in award season. And we tend to go off on tangents, too. We have a bunch of miniseries where we talked about, like, all the Marvel movies. We just finished up a miniseries for MMO Screams where we recapped all the Scream movies going into the new one. So we, we dabble in a little bit of everything movie over at MMO. Fantastic. Um, and, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. It's great to have you on. So please do check out Mike, Mike and Oscar's extensive selection of work. Uh, gentlemen, when preparing this episode, I didn't know where to begin. So let's start with uh, the tallies. Um, who had a good Oscar nominations day? Well, the answer to that is The Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog leads with 12. Perhaps surprise nominations in sound and production design, but The Dog leads the pack. Dune is sitting in just, just in behind with 10 nominations. Missing Dark director we will talk about that because that to me is utter craziness but yes to screenplay and editing and we'll discuss it on the show is june the real deal in best picture or just an undercard player belfast and west side story came in with seven um i think that's solid from them um if i was the power of the dog i i wouldn't be terrified by those guys in behind um, but an interesting nomination was for king richard in editing and king richard tallies up a total of six oscar nominations don't look up nightmare alley and drive my car all have four coincidentally all three of these made the best picture race and then in behind you got coda licorice pizza being the ricardos Encanto, the lost daughter no time to die the tragedy of macbeth and history making flea with three nominations and finally cruella the eyes of tammy faye parallel mothers tick tick boom and the worst person in the world with two but let's not talk about the worst person in the world. Let's talk about the worst people in the world. And that is Academy <laughs> members. Because House of Gucci, the Gooch, only gets one nomination. It's sole nomination in hair and makeup. And we will talk about that throughout the show. Others with one are Spencer, Spider-Man No Way Home, Cyrano, plus the docs. You've got the doc shorts, the live action shorts, and the animated shorts. I promise you, dear listener, that is the only list you will get from me, apart from the <laughs> nominations, on this show. Um, gentlemen, how do you assess these tallies? I'm very curious about Belfast and West Side Story. I feel like they've always had the power to shake up these races uh, because the power of the dog is looking as strong as ever, but it has not gone through the precursor season, through the gambit yet. So I'm wondering... Uh, if Belfast and West Side Story overperformed, underperformed, you said solid, mm. but to me, like you could read these in multiple different ways. Belfast could have done 
better than we thought and 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 the there's a lot of enthusiasm with the group and it's focused features they know how to campaign and then of course west side story that's searchlight that's that's disney they know exactly what they're doing so these movies can surge they can shrink and fall back they have the power to kind of go at power of the dog or not it's it's going to be fascinating I think the power of the dog will be absolutely delighted with 12 nominations. I think that's muscular. It's flexing in the gym in front of West Side Story and Belfast. Um, and I think There's West- Jesse Plemons muscles. There's Plemons <laughs> biceps. Jesse Plemons. And we'll you talk are about marvelous. Well. <laughs> oh, what a scene. Um, and I think West Side Story and Belfast missing editing was huge. And I really um, do think that affects their best picture chances. Um, Mike, one, uh, you wanted to chime in with something here. What's your What's your thoughts on these tallies? Yeah, I know. I know we'll dive in a little more to best picture. So I'll save uh, thoughts from Power of the Dog and just say that again, international feature, and it's something we kept hammering on when we did our review episode. It seems like the younger, more diverse Academy, that inclusion initiative, the Academy has been running for the last four years or so, ever since that atrocious Oscar so white uh, result that came out from nominations back in 2016 I want to say was 2016 six years ago and the Jesus all right anyway um, (laughs) (laughs) that long ago yeah Uh, it seems like that's kind of taken hold even more so you just talked about how Flea made history Uh, you you can talk about parallel mothers there were multiple international films drive my car obviously making the best picture field that seems to be another running theme this year and I'm happy to see it international films are kind of taking hold in multiple categories and not being just confined to their one category you could say the same about animated features too Encanto with three noms Flea with three noms so I was happy to see those kinds of results uh, despite how just absolutely dejected I was to see how House of Gucci got treated (sighs) you and me also my friend you and me also Um, we will move on to um, Best Picture shortly but from a betting perspective Belfast and West Side Story have both weakened in the market and the power of the dog Mm. has shortened up for Best Picture and do listen to our uh, crossover on MMNO where we do dive into the betting odds like the degenerates that well I am certainly Um, (laughs) but let's you can include you can include two thirds of this podcast Dave it's okay two thirds (laughs) getting there (laughs) We're, we're pulling we're pulling also Mike in um, but let's let's talk best picture um, and briefly the nominees were The Power of the Dog West Side Story Belfast Dune Licorice Pizza King Richard Coda Don't Look Up Drive My Car and Nightmare Alley so for me the big eight made it in the expected eight um, but Drive My Car and Nightmare Alley got in over the likes of Being the Ricardos Tick Tick Boom No Time to Die The Tragedy of Macbeth Spider-Man No Way Home and House of Gucci. As we said, House of Gucci missed, and I went down with the ship on the poop deck. It was women and children only on the lifeboats, and me and Paolo went down together, hand in hand, Mikes, hand in hand, with the band playing some Italian classics. If you could have seen it, it was beautiful. So, guys, what did you make... <laughs> what did you make of this 10 and I'll start with uh, also Mike I am uh, I'm not surprised that the big 8 films make it in fact we thought that there was a big 9 with Tick Tick Boom because they all had huge resumes they all had Joyce Globe PGA, AFI, and at least one, most of them had two, of DGA, WGA, or SAG. So they had heavy guild support, like Mike, Mike just said, and they had uh, they had all the precursors up till now. And Tick, Tick, Boom, I guess we read into those poorly, but 
you know, Power of the Dog had the weakest of those resumes, Mike. It had it had only one because, you know, Jane Campion uh, stop paying her writers guild dues or whatever she's doing out there in Australia. <laughs> she doesn't I wouldn't need, pay yeah. my writers. She guild. doesn't need yeah. them. Yeah, she's she's all right. <laughs> so I was fascinated to uh, see the additional two movies here with Drive My Car and Nightmare Alley. We have Drive My Car with the passionate, measurable support from film festivals to Cannes uh, or from Cannes to the film critics like the New York Film Critics Circle. Those uh, those snobbish wonders who frequented the New York Film we Festival. Let's see how many another... voting bodies we can directly insult while we're on this podcast. <laughs> no, f- look, Feinberg <laughs> insulted them today calling them snobs and I Good. agree and I'm one of them and I yeah, no, I like uh, I like how I like like how we got the passionate support for Drive My Car from f- snobbish film critics, from mm. film festivals like Can Loving It, and then film Twitter fanatics like all of them. They're all crazy. We're a part of it. So Drive My Car had that one of those dr- grassroots campaigns, Mike. And then Nightmare Alley, which you just watched, Nightmare Alley is a Guillermo uh, noir searchlight mm. who just knows exactly how to campaign and they've had best picture winners on their CV of late nomad land shape Birdman, 12 years. I mean, they've had, you know, major nomination getters or mid nomination getters like three billboards, grand Budapest, black Swan, Mike, they know what they're doing over there at Disney. The other side of this, if you're going to talk about predictions and winners and where you want to look and Dave alluded to this and Mike, you kind of hit it as well. Like, yeah, the Power of the Dog may have had some holes on its resume coming in. Not anymore. I don't know how you cannot think Power of the Dog is in the catbird seat in this picture, not only based on the Vegas gambling odds, but also the other. I mean, it's like a three. It's been a three headed race for best picture for a while between Belfast, West Side Story and Power of the Dog. And if you just look at where the noms laid out, Mm. Power of the Dog is the only one without any glaring holes right now as far as what makes and what constitute a road to a best picture win. Doesn't mean it's going to win. But to me right now, not only because it has the most noms, but for other reasons, and like I just said, it kind of has the easiest path, I would say. Would would surprise me least to see that name called uh, on Oscar Sunday. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I've made the joke that the dog is leading the pack. Do excuse my my terrible <laughs> humor there. But, but what you guys have said is absolutely spot on. You know, I think most people were expecting Dune to, to lead the way in terms of nominations. Um, but the, the dog showed up with a really, really strong hand. And, you know, I... I it's, it's the betting favorite for a reason. It's got mm-hmm. the resume... Mm-hmm. Um, West Side Story has drifted like a fart in the breeze. Um, mm-hmm. That was like three to one. You can get nine to one on that. Um, so I think the 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 best picture race is fascinating. Um, no House of Gucci. Um, <sighs> House of Gucci would have been fun. Like the reason I was so, and I, I do like trolling the, the snobbery that happens <laughs> on film Twitter sometimes, but House of Gucci would have been fun <laughs> simply because it would have outraged everyone. Like mm. it is the most fun I had at a theater, but it wasn't going to win Best Picture no. even if it made the field. No. And that's why I wanted to see it in because I just wanted to see people lose their minds about how could this possibly make the Best Picture. Well, well, like it, would it have been that much, you know, misplaced between that or Nightmare Alley? Nightmare mm. Alley is a good Guillermo del Toro movie. But, you know, it's fine. Nightmare Alley's not going to win Best Picture either. I think it would have been interchangeable. At least would have given more outrage and more content more for people to talk about, which is really what I'm in this business for. <laughs> Nightmare Alley gets in with a late push at that campaign that, that, again, Searchlight knows 
exactly what they're doing, how to time it. And mm. they've taken these like mid-November films and they've just peaked them right at the right time. And we, we should have known better. And we should have known that like Amazon well, is we struggling. Said it. We said things, it, Mike. Right? Like we said, we said on our show to, you know, I want to find a way to get Drive My Car and I want to find a way to get Nightmare Alley in. I even said, I'm going to put House of Gucci as my 10th, but I think it's going to be Nightmare Alley. Mm. You know, like, I mean, it was right there. So it's not a total shock to see it in there. And yeah, you're right. Searchlight played it beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I, I went 8 for 10 on my predictions, but I, I was not taking House of Gucci out. I was, as I said, I was... Exactly. De- determined... Have some principle and go down <laughs> with the ship. I agree, Dave. Go down with the ship. And talking of going down with the ship, um, we are going to move on to Best Actress next. Um, but I just think it's important to note that in the acting categories, nine individuals are first-time nominees. That's Jesse Buckley, Ariana DeBose, Kirsten Dunst, Anjuna Ellis... Kieran Hines, Troy Kotzer, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith-McPhee, and Christian Stewart. Um, and as well as that, we've got seven of the acting nominees are previous winners. Javier Bardem, Olivia Colman, Penelope Cruz, Judy Dench, who we'll talk about, Nicole Kidman, J.K. Simmons, and the great Denzel Washington. This is what worries me. Olivia Colman is the only acting nominee who was also nominated last year. Um, so let's start with Best Actress, and that that starts with the nomination of Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. We have Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Kristen Stewart, Spencer, and Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers. Now, <laughs> I am... Your I, poor wallet. <laughs> my wallet is hurt, but it's not the wallet. It's the pride. It's mm. the fact that Gaga hit the four main precursors, Globe, SAG, Critics' Choice, and BAFTA, and then she is snubbed on nominations morning. I have a message to the Academy. What are you <laughs> playing at? What are you doing this is the i mean i briefly i was i took time off work to come home to watch the nominations and and as they were being rolled out i thought there's no lady gaga there's there's two spaces left there's no and then and then they said kristen stewart last i was like there's no lady gaga and my, and my jaw hit the floor but gentlemen i could i could talk for hours about how upset i am what did you make of the lady gaga snub and what do you make of this five i will start with also mike so Gaga not getting in, there, there was a Feinberg piece this morning where he talked mm. about how the Academy, uh, the, the, the SAG merged with AFTRA and that kind of made the, uh, the voting body very different from the Academy. Now, because you got like broadcasters, oh. you got tick all the way from broadcasters to TikTokers in SAG now, which mm. is very different. Than what it used to Thank be. Thank God so, we're covering the TikTokers, huh? <laughs> right. If yeah, if it's a close race, which I do think lead actress is, because there has mm. been some variation throughout the card, throughout uh, throughout BAFTA, at least in terms of the BAFTA two, because we had Gaga in there and she was a well. It has to be a close race because the only the only precursor favorite isn't there. If for nothing else, it has to be a close race for that reason. So if things have flattened out and there's like nine actresses, which we've seen before, not, mm. we, and I think we saw it last year, for Christ's sake. Last year, we had a lot of variants. And if people are voting kind of steady over nine people, you're going to get some variants at the last second. And that's what happened here. I also think, and I wanted to pose this question to you guys, 
Is there such a thing as snub power? And what I mean by snub power is Kristen Stewart was very famously snubbed at SAG. So I'm wondering, alliteration, if we had Kristen Stewart kind of get that double double check like from the from the group voting last week because they obviously knew that BAFTA wasn't going to support her necessarily because of the royal family being behind it etc so I'm wondering if you think that that the academy ampas you know took notice of the fervor not necessarily film twitter but it's more than film twitter it's the trades reporting mm. on the huge snub that was Kristen Stewart um, I'll, I'll go first to answer your question. I think yes. I think the fact that she missed SAG um, was huge. And she was everywhere. You know, she was on Twitter. There was just this panic from the, um, I think, is it is it Neon that um, produced um, Spencer? Yeah. Um, they, they, so. um, they were pushing hard. And I, I just wonder if that name lingered in, in Academy vem, uh, voters' minds when they came to to vote on 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 that category and I also wonder is that what pushed Gaga out were people so sure that Gaga was going to get in they just thought they wouldn't vote for her I mean I'm not 100% sure I do have to use this opportunity to shout out my dear friend Craig uh, and just say that I hate that man um, <laughs> I truly best friend in the world Craig I truly hate him he, he, he walked out of the London Film Festival screening of Spencer and said that's an Oscar worthy mm. performance he stuck oh. with Stuart despite missing SAG and BAFTA and he took I mean I won't show you the screenshot of, the, of well, I think I have texted it to you Craig messaged me on the morning just winding me up about Lady Gaga missing and Stuart hitting damn you Craig damn that's you. why we get along because your co-host uh, relationship is very similar to ours and, and i'm not going to acknowledge that my co-host stuck with Kristen stewart and got that prediction right because i bailed and i didn't yeah i mean there's a saying there's a saying for you guys where where i'm from and uh the italians that i know that are real italians by the way not like the gucci italians but there's a saying here it's called when, we, when you see a cooler like you two coolers put them in the bathroom put them <laughs> in the bathroom and it, it so if you get... want to cancel him, that's also Mike of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys go stand in the bathroom. You stand in, I'll just say it in my Connecticut nasally voice. Stand in the bathroom and stop putting, stop touching the money. Stop touching yeah. the money. And I will, I will say there is a saying uh, as a degenerate gambler that I am, don't count your money while sitting at the table. That's the worst thing to do. If you're in a casino, start counting your chips when you're playing. I yell at people. You know, I don't even know if we're talking about Oscars right now, but just that that lingo, I yell at people who do that for yeah. messing up the juju. So, yeah, that's a real thing. <laughs> don't count your money. And I was certain she was getting in, and she didn't. And I have to accept that, you know, one, my wallet suffered, but we'll get over that. But two, it hurts because for months and months I've been shouting about it on Twitter, and now I just look like a fool. I am a fool. I'm a bald fraud. <laughs> well, I wonder if this was like a backlash to not only, I mean, maybe it was a backlash to stewards being ignored. I I think that's a decent point i mean we all are, are all speculating at this point anyway but i think it's entirely possible the, the american academy just did not like that movie yeah you know i mean there was a, mm -hmm. a lot of critics didn't like it there was a lot of people on film twitter who like i already said would have been outraged if it did do well we're outraged when it got the ensemble not at sag we're outraged at the notion of jared leto doing well <laughs> the sex scene has been a punchline on twitter for months now yeah. you know like there's just a lot of people that did not like house of gucci which it would not surprise me to see the academy have been falling into that camp and taking that out on lady gaga's uh nomination chances here mm. 
I before we move on to actor, I'll just say I when the nominations were coming in, I was worried. I was worried because Gucci's name just wasn't coming up. Really? And and I thought it just concerned me. And when Leto missed, I, I I'll admit I still thought Gaga was getting in. Um but she didn't. And we move on. What the what the last thing I will say is I gave Kristen Stewart a bit of stick on on Twitter. That's ultimately come back to bite me on the ass. Um, but I thought her performance in Spencer was magnificent. I just want to put that on the record. I'm glad she's nominated for an Oscar. Um, she should win. I'm tired of pretending otherwise. I mean, that's that performance to me, and I keep saying this. That like that was Daniel Day Lewis's Lincoln performance. It's that tier of performance. I think. I think it should that much of a slam dunk. Not to say anything else was bad. Anything else in yeah. this category was bad, even. But that's the best acting performance I've seen this year by far. I she, agree. She could win, guys. She could win. Yeah. She she seriously could. From a betting perspective, it's a very very open category. It's absolute. Chaos. Very much looking forward to Olivia Coleman ruining her dreams too. <laughs> again, again. Um, let's move on to best actor, which is a category that seems a little bit more. I'm not going to say locked up because there's no such thing as a lock. Um, but the nominees were uh, Will Smith for King Richard, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick Tick Boom, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. The first thing I'll say is Denzel was snubbed at BAFTA again, um, but does make it here. That makes him now a 10-time Oscar nominee and two-time Oscar winner. He's never been nominated at BAFTA. We won't go down that rabbit hole, but I don't know why he's never been nominated at BAFTA. It it baffles me, Um, but he does make the Oscars five. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio missed after his BAFTA nom. I had him in my five. I thought he was a real late breaker with some 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 power, but he misses I out. Did too. Um, no Dinklage, um, no Mahershala Ali, who also made BAFTA. Um, I will go to also Mike first. What did you make of these uh, fine five fine five fine performances? <laughs> Well, as I always say, uh, SAG is a, a perfect crossover for Oscar. And uh, <laughs> he does. What, forget he anything I said previously. Times, yeah. <laughs> no, this is the this is the craziness of this whole process. Like I just said, SAG's nominations are different now because the body is different. But here we have the SAG five getting in. So <laughs> go figure, <laughs> go figure. Like this stuff is maddening because of that. But I, I just want to know, and I have a, two questions for you off the bat here, Dave. Like, what is up with BAFTA? I have two annoying American Why are we acting surprised by this? Why are we acting like BAFTA has a... They hold grudges. We just talked about Kristen Stewart. Denzel Washington is the greatest actor on the planet, and he's been the greatest actor on the planet probably for 20 years. Malcolm X, Fences, Training Day, The Hurricane. These are undeniable performances, Michael. (laughs) So any... I don't care who's in charge. I don't care what grudges. How do you deny this man any nominations? How have I not noticed this before? But they do not. They do not accept Denzel Washington here. And then you got a British movie like Tyrion Lannister. He does an offensive accent, really bad British accent, as Tyrion Lannister, uh, Mr. Dinklage, for for all those years on Game of Thrones. So two goofy-ass questions here, one serious, one not. What is BAFTA doing, and do the British people hold grudges Rhymes like my with co-host spacism. I mean, I don't know what is wrong with BAFTA. Um, you know, let, let's, let's get to the point here. Denzel doing Shakespeare. I mean, that us Brits eat that up they, I mean it's Denzel Washington doing bloody Shakespeare like whatever you think of that movie overall Denzel is brilliant and 
I don't know what's happened between Denzel and, and BAFTA. Um, something must have happened. I don't want to speculate, particularly on air, but it makes no sense. It makes no Let sense. Let me to throw me. them a line and, and, and come to their possible defense. The BAFTA voting system is screwy. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. bass backwards. So it's entirely possible. For those who don't know, and Mike, correct or Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had the the voting body vote. They took the top two vote getters for each category. Those were two nominees, and then there was this jury selection of what nine to twelve people yep. who s- filled in the other four nominations for each category for the acting category. So it's entirely possible that they had the top two vote getters, and they just assumed somebody else was going to step in for Denzel. And then by the time it got to like, oh well, we have six. Oh well, let's just move on. I'll throw that as the benefit of the doubt. I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is the much more obvious one that we're all kind of tiptoeing around. But there, there's my defense of mm. BAFTA's uh, why Denzel missed. Also, Mike, do you have anything on that? I hope it's that they're mad that anybody does Shakespeare, but I don't. Mm. I don't know. It's just it's mind blowing to me that BAFTA makes no can't. sense. Makes yeah. no sense. But I am. I am delighted to see to see Denzel in that five. I think it's a strong five. I think Smith, Cumberpatch, and Garfield um, were sort of I don't want to use the word locked, but most people had them in their three. And then Javier Bardem gets in for being the Ricardos. I was a big fan of his performance, but we won't go into it. There was a lot of controversy around Javier Bardem in being the Ricardos as well. Um, I saw someone on Twitter say that it's the first time. I don't know if I, I should have wrote it down. I didn't, but it's the first time. I don't know if it's the lead acting category or any lead acting category first time since 1981 every nominee is a uh a former nominee it's there's no first time noms in the category oh wow kind of interesting that's 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 two uh two couples by the way two couples got nominated as well that's just fascinating so bardem and cruz after bardem and cruz go at it with the good boss and parallel mothers and international Mm -hmm. feature that's just again you know parallel mothers sony pictures classics Mm -hmm. they know exactly what they're doing too them and searchlight yeah, and um, obviously, so we, we talked about the, the shock of Denzel not making BAFTA, but Denzel does make Best Actor. There was some big shocks in the next category, and that's Best Supporting Actress. Uh, the nominees are Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, Anjanou Ellis, King Richard, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, and Dame Judi Dench for Belfast. Um my immediate response was no nigger and no Katerina Balf. Jesse Buckley was the first name announced, and I was like, wow. Okay, so yep. f- firstly, <laughs> I think um, in that movie, she is so important. She's literally the other half of the film. So I wasn't... I was surprised she made it in, but I can see why. The the, the real, not baffling one, is, is Judy Dench. You know, she comes from not even off the top rope. She comes off the steel cage. She's coming from <laughs> she's coming from high and wide here. Um, I'm going to kick off with Mike One. What did you make of these nominations? And why the hell did Judy Dench get nominated over Katarina Balf? Yeah, that's Belfast on Belfast crime. We we pontificated that we may see that when it came to the supporting actor mm. field. It didn't really enter our minds. It should have, Mike. But we we neither one of us thought it might come. Uh, in the supporting actress category, but Judy Dench was a, a shock for me, especially when it seems like she was in at the expense of Katrina Balfe. Now you can make the argument that obviously she's a legacy. She's, you know, she's Dame Judy Dench. There are very few like her, so we can't say that she doesn't deserve to be here. But to do it at the expense of Katrina Balfe, who arguably, or even objectively, I would say at this point, had the stronger resume, yeah, it's a shock of shocks. I was quite surprised myself. I know you were too, Mike. 
I'm going to call her Jame Duty like 17 times this coming <laughs> award season. I do that every year. Uh, talk about Dane Bramage. But I, I no, I, I was flabbergasted. I mean, she hadn't shown up anywhere other than Critics Association. So Katrina has everything leading up to that point. So she looks like Gaga, the strongest nominee, at least in terms of a nomination, outside of maybe the, the front runner, DeBose. Like we thought we had two definites, and then everybody had like, like a miss somewhere. Kirsten Dunst missed uh, at BAFTA. We had uh, Anjanou Ellis miss at SAG, etc. So that was that was a shock, and it probably was a vote share, like mm. Mike is saying. So I'm wondering if this field, because of those misses, it, the race kind of starts to shape up, though. Because we could have a sweeper here just because of how things shake out. We know DeBose is leading with the critics, so she's probably going to win on the 13th, at least on one side of the bracket, with uh, with the critics' choice. So she's going to have momentum. And even if it's not a sweep, she's going to get late momentum with that, hmm. most likely. So DeBose may be on her way no matter what happens at SAG, uh, but she's going to get that late boost no matter what, I'm guessing. We'll see. Yeah, DeBose is definitely in the driving seat. If you look at the betting odds, she's a she's a short priced, heavy favourite. And one thing that frustrates me is when I when I left Belfast at the London Film Festival, I I said to Craig, I said, Judy Dench, you know, don't rule her out come come Oscars season. And I I you know I follow a lot of other pundits, and I just didn't see the name there. I thought I was just crazy again, like the Lady Gaga. So I sort of forgot about it, um, which does frustrate me a little bit. But some fine performances in the supporting actress category. Ariana Debose definitely leads the way, and we've got a strong leader, I would say as well, in the next category, which is supporting actor. Um, the nominees were Cody Smith McPhee, The Power of the Dog, Kieran Hines, Belfast, Troy Kotzer, come on Troy, for Coda, Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog, the first man ever to be nominated for reading a sauce bottle label, and J.K. <laughs> JK Simmons for Being the Ricardos. Um, my first initial reactions were, I was delighted to see Plemons Um Shocked but delighted. I I love that man. I think his his skills are just superb. I think he's integral to that movie. There's so many likable scenes, quotable scenes. Uh, shocked to see J.K. Simmons, but it is a superb performance. A few. Let's not beat around the bush. No Bradley Cooper, who made SAG. My theory about Bradley Cooper winning his first Oscar again just looks utterly ludicrous now. Um, and let's not forget paolo our dear friend paolo no leto the sag and globe no- globe nominee damn the academy to hell this <laughs> is where i knew gucci was in trouble this is where i knew gucci was running out of petrol um so there are your nominations um mike one what what's your thoughts here uh, my thoughts are that the Academy disliked House of Gucci so much they would have rather given something like Being the Ricardos a third acting nom than they would have given Paolo his rightful day at the uh, the altar here <laughs> in the supporting actor category. Uh, I, I think J.K. Simmons is surprising. I don't know that the two from Power of the Dog is all that surprising. I think the person who 
aside from us who was happy as to see Jesse Plemons here might actually be Troy Kotzer. Yeah, yeah. That could be a vote vote splitting situation. Cody Smith McPhee's been the favorite. I could see easily Plemons being talked into being the favorite as well. Those could split votes. And Troy Kotzer, who has just become, I mean, you want to talk about people who have played this award season perfectly so far. He hasn't even done anything other than just be himself and be just absolutely the most lovable human being on the face of the planet Earth. That even I, my cold, dead, angry heart, can't dislike <laughs> him. So I'm pulling for him, too. I, I'd love to see him mm. uh, win on the Academy stage. Yeah. Also, Mike. One of, one of the most empathetic, sympathetic five characters we've seen in a while and this could oftentimes be the uh, sidekick category the buddy category Mm. but you know supporting actor roles can be the villain as well I I think in this particular case it's like which character do you want to hug the most at one time or another in the plot no spoilers Mike uh, with one (laughs) movie in particular but we got we 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 do have a case my answer is still Paolo by the way for that question too but go on (laughs) hard disagree i want to play kill the carrier with paolo in that freaking backyard of my italian dreams with all those buffoons and hooligans as you would put it dave uh playing whatever the game that was that was brilliant no we had fun at house of gucci Mm. but i do think i do think leto got vetoed a little bit by the academy uh uh, motion pictures and sciences uh i mean he the same thing happened to him last year with the little things though that's why i'm saying like maybe you know we we saw a lot of two nominee bit of a different case though because gucci i mean gucci had the i know we're spending a lot of time talking about house of gucci on uh, for a movie that carried one nomination but gucci was you know the sag ensemble is a big Mm, deal and mm. it had some precursor coattails that it was supposed to be taken seriously so this is like an actual snubbing whereas last year's the little things there was the fear that leto would be there for different reasons but he would have been (laughs) the only representation anyway Mm. but cody smith mcphee to your your point earlier though mike he's probably not the the Daniel Kaluuya sweeper in the same vein, though, and and there could be vote sharing now. So we may be in for a fascinating race. Mm. Maybe there's not a sweeper. Maybe we'll have variance and we'll have uh, doubt at the end of it all. I, I hope so. Yeah, before we move on to the next category, I do think, I mean, Cody Smith-McPhee is the, the Vegas betting favourite, but that Jesse Plemons nomination, I think that could split votes. And as um, Mike One said there, Troy Kotzer, his campaign has just been him being himself, and that's wonderful to see. And I'd be absolutely delighted to see um, Troy Kotzer. Um, what a beautiful human being yeah, he is. Seriously. just truly wonderful. Mm. It, would, it would be great to see him pick up gold on Oscars Sunday. Um, but there were a few snubs there, like we said. Um, Bradley Cooper and Gerard Leto, R.I.P. Paolo. Um, let's move on to the next category, <laughs> which has possibly one of the most, in my opinion, baffling snubs of nominations day and that's the director category the nominees were jane campion the power of the dog pole thomas anderson licorice pizza steven spielberg west side story sir kenneth branner belfast and ryosuke hamaguchi for drive my car no denis villeneuve um this this is for a film that carries 10 nominations particularly in the undercard and is so muscular for them then to say well actually let's nominate not nominate the director to me just seems baffling um i'll come to mike one first because i believe you're on the same boat as me here you know why have they done this it doesn't make any sense i don't know what more he has to do i mean dune look Cards on the table, a lot of people love Dune. Mike and I are not in that camp. We respect Dune. 
because of the technical masterpiece it is, we both, I think, gave it like B minus grades mm. and we understand it's a setup for the second movie. And I saw a lot of that thinking come out of Twitter lately too. Well, everyone's just, they're going to wait to reward him with best director for part two. It's like, okay, then why give it double digit nominations? Mm. And why totally ignore the fact that Villeneuve was the guy, like Mike has said so many times throughout this lead up, directing this orchestra of all these texts. I mean, who does the Academy think was the guy putting all those technical aspects in order to make the movie that it's going to be rewarded for the technical aspects. It's it's baffling to me. I don't understand it. I mean, even George Miller got the nom for Mad Max and Dune is going to be this year's Mad Max Mm. as far as something that probably does very well on the undercard in the tech categories. I have zero explanation. I guess ultimately not that it matters because it seems like Campion is such a runaway in this category, but still Villeneuve deserves to be here. So Daniel Howitt uh, posted an awesome article at Next Best Picture where he compiled like uh, must have been 100 stats, unique stats about this year's 94th. So kudos to him. We've had him on the show before and kudos to NBP there. He, he But here it is. Only two films had more nominations without a director, 11, The Pride of the Yankees and The Color Purple. Similarly, two other films received 10 noms without director and of a thousand days in airport he tweeted subsequently after that that 98 films in 94 years were in his study and only four out of those 98 did not have a best director nom those with 10 or 11 nominations total so this is a very rare occurrence because I mean we just seen it George Miller we just seen it b- before that with Peter Jackson in the Lord of the Rings the Fellowship of the Rings so this is a very rare occurrence that Denis doesn't get it and it's the biggest reason I think you can't take Dune as seriously as Power of the Dog in Best Picture. I mean, mm. Dune, I think you can put money there to like if you want to bet on a long shot for Best Picture, but this is a glaring hole in its resume. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it's a huge hole in its resume. It's a it's a it's a baffling hole in its resume. And what I will say, just on director, um, I know you guys are a fan. I've actually got Amy Smith coming on the show um, down the line. Great. We're going to do a, a real deep dive into this category. It people might say it's a done deal. It looks that way for Jane Campion, but you know you could make cases for Paul Thomas Anderson. You know Steven Spielberg being Steven Spielberg. If Belfast is going to win Best Picture, does Kenneth Branagh need to take director as well? So it's a fascinating category. It's it's an unbelievable snub. Um, yeah, I just want to say Hamaguchi may have some ability in this category as well i wouldn't sleep on him those are four very strong nominations yeah. and this branch has gone international they've loved to go international uh so so often and oscar's puzzle they can find other places to reward campion too on the way to a best picture win too if they want to he has one screenplay before so mm-hmm. that that mm. branch uh may like her so the, i mean look at we, we we've all seen power of the dog is it this directorial uh, masterpiece necessarily is it that heavy-handed that a that a muscular uh, nomination it has to be rewarded because no I mean can't Campion is not that type and we know we got a lot of we got a sausage fest in the best director category they like muscular <laughs> well that's that's what I was they gonna like... say and don't I mean I'm always the cynical one and the evil one but don't put you know yeah. God forbid the Academy rewards a woman best director two years in a row too mm. have that on your radar because you know we can't have that. I'm speaking with my tongue in my cheek, and I have some issues with how the Academy's handled women directors forever. Mm. But yeah, be on, be on the lookout for that. 
Yeah, and I, I do apologise, guys, for, for missing out Hamaguchi there. That that wasn't intentional. Um, I think, you know, we've seen it with Bong Joon-ho. Um, it's a fascinating category. So what I'm hinting at is listen to the episode <laughs> with me yes. and uh, and Amy Smith. Big shout out to Amy Smith. Love her work. Just been approved on Rotten Tomatoes as well. So I'm absolutely delighted for her. Let's move on to another interesting category. I know you're a fan of the screenplay categories, guys. And that's Best Original Screenplay. Um, the nominees were Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas. Anderson, Belfast to Kenneth Branagh, King Richard, Zach Balin, Don't Look Up, Adam McKay, and The Worst Person in the World. Um, I suppose the first thing to say is The Worst Person in the World was a shock here. Uh, and being the Ricardos missed original screenplay, although it had um, the WGA. Um, fascinating category. An important category as well. Um, a screenplay nomination really bulks up your best picture chances. A screenplay win is obviously going to help you on that road to a best picture win as well. I'll come to also Mike first. Um, what did you make of these nominees? Um, and how are you feeling about this category? Well, I thought this category was kind of locked in because we had five big resumes once Belfast got back into the race with WGA, uh, not being eligible for WGA, WGA comes mm. back here. Look, I, I was surprised that uh, Sorkin missed a composition category two years in a row. Yep. Last year, he missed director at the last, you know, the 11th hour there uh, for the trial of the Chicago 7. I, or was it editing? No, he missed director because he was he, he got in editing there. But uh, this year, he misses screenplay after having the resume to do it. But uh, this is one of my favorite categories because they pick new blood like Joaquin Trier and Escovot because the worst person in the world is one of those stories that just it, it, it unfolds in like these three distinctive acts and it's just one of my favorite film festival experiences uh, from the fall so I'm, I'm really psyched that it's here so that's that's basically my main takeaway from this category too worst person in the world getting in this uh, category was that's another example of the the international film doing really yep. well in other categories but I was shocked to see it there happily shocked but shocked and it just proves, I mean, some years, I was on my pedestal this year saying, look, the omissions at the WGA don't matter that much recently, historically. That's been true. Uh, it's been more, what has mattered more has been the films that got there, the screenplays that got to the WGAs. That's usually been a kicking off point to have their momentum swing through uh, Oscar Sunday. Parasite is a great example of that with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood missing uh, the WGAs that, uh, a couple years ago. But this year, the omissions mattered. Mm. Yeah. I would say so. And uh, there was some omissions as well, um, perhaps some surprises in the best adapted screenplay category. The nominees were The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion, uh, The Lost Daughter, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Coda, Sean Heder, uh, Dune, John Spades, Denis Villeneuve and Eric Roth, and Drive My Car, Ryosuke Hamaguchi and Takamasa Oi, I think is how you say his name, if I got that wrong. Um... I apologise. The first thing, we're talking about emissions. No West Side Story, um, I think, was was notable here, gentlemen. Um, I think that... I think that damages its best picture chances. Um, I really do. No tick, tick, boom. Um, but Drive My Car is showing some muscle here by getting into the adapted screenplay. Um, I'll start with also Mike. Uh, what did you make of this fine selection of nominations? A very competitive category. We had major resumes because we had the ineligibilities, as you said. West Side Story, this one hurts. 
not getting in here for Tony Kushner, having the name that he has, having the three previous nominations that that he's gotten. So no editing or no and and no screenplay for West Side Story. Typically, that's a problem if you're looking at Best Picture power. I wonder if this is between Campion and the field, or Campion and maybe a Hamaguchi, where Hamaguchi, you know, the flexes, you know, more strength after what would look like a, a international feature win. I mean, he's definitely the leader in that, uh, in that race, I would say just based on how, how it's moving and based on how the Academy, you know, nominated drive my car with, with three additional noms on top of international features. So I'm wondering if Denis Villeneuve maybe gets some snub power here after not getting director, mm. but, uh, otherwise I, I think this is a, a great race and you wonder about Oscar's puzzle theory as well, Mike. Yeah, I was going to talk about Oscar's puzzle theory here because and we talk about that. It's something we created on our show where we talk about how <laughs> the Academy has this tendency to spread the love <laughs> on on their Oscar balloting without trying to, you know, nom- give one movie 18 awards on the night. They'll pick and choose where they can award someone. So that's why you'll see something win director without getting a screenplay necessarily on its way to best picture and whatnot. And I think you're going to, this could be a reveal. This could signify everything or nothing, just like every category Mm. could, right? What a statement by me, (laughs) but this could, you know, you could see Campion win something here on its on her way to winning director and best picture. Maybe people don't want to give Campion all three awards. So they go with something else here as well. Mm. Could totally see that drive my car to Mike's point. had just about as good of a day as it could have hoped to have. Um, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, to, and again, just another show of strength of the international film just in general. Also want to just make note, Netflix is going to keep an eye on what you see from Netflix on the sides of IMDb and in commercials that you watch on TV and everywhere else on streaming and whatnot in the coming days, coming weeks, because I'm very curious to see how they're going to market what they did. I think the lost daughter did well for itself, but they have the lost daughter. They obviously have tick, tick, boom. And, um, uh, yeah, they had the lost daughter. They have tick, tick, boom in a couple categories. They have don't look up. And then their big ones, the power of the dog. Historically, what they've done this time of year has like made commercials for every one of their nominees mm. in one commercial. I think that would be stupid for them to do this time. Just concentrate on power of the dog. We talked about this on our last episode. Mike made that point, and I've I've come around to it hardcore. This is your chance, Netflix, to win Best Picture and a couple other major categories that you've yet to do. Just throw everything you have behind Jane Campion. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I think Netflix should be really focusing in on the power of the dog. I think it's their best chance of it. Well we can we could dive into it you know they've had they've had other i mean the irishman for goodness sake they couldn't win with the irishman it shows that the academy's maybe not ready for a netflix movie to to win best picture but they've got a great chance here i would be piling um, my my efforts my time into promoting the power of the dog and netflix also have uh, a fantastic nominee in the next category um which is one of my believe it or not one of my favorite films of the year um, and we'll get on to the nominees now. And that's Best Animated Feature. And the nominees are Encanto, Luca, The Mitchells versus The Machines, which is one of my favourites of the year, uh, Flea, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, delighted to see Mitchells versus The Machines here. Obviously, big shout out to Andrew Morgan of the Nomcast. I know he was worried about it missing uh, a nomination here. Flea. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> I knew, I knew you were, were going. I knew you were going to say that. Um, Flea makes it in, and we will talk more about Flea as the show goes on. Um, also, Mike, what do you make of these five? Three Disney, two multi-nominated animated films mm. this year with Flea and Encanto. Flea getting the hat trick. 
I, I, I think this race could be much more interesting than we give it credit for, just like Mike and I, in terms of our nomination predictions. We didn't know it was going to be hard to predict, and yet it was. But I will say, Mike, uh, as an Italian, Luca can now join Paolo Gucci, Super Mario, <laughs> Chef Boyardee, and Paulie Warna- Walnuts. Uh, I call them Warnuts. No, the they can, two they can all... <laughs> They could all get in the Guido clown car together. I'm, I that, that that's what I believe. Chef Boy RD, I will not sit here. Look, you could slander Luca all you want, but I'm not going to sit here. <laughs> Have you talk bad about that man? Ah, uh, it's gross. I, I, I don't get Luca. I've never gotten Luca mm. this whole year. I, I'm surprised three Disney films made it in. Historically, if you look at animated feature, what it's done lately is they've been also leaning more towards an international entry with at least one of their slots. They keep that tradition here with Flea, which has a chance to make history. I wonder what category Flea's going to get a win in, mm. if any, because I don't think it's going to be this one, and I don't think it's going to be international feature. I know we'll talk about it. Maybe it'll be the next category we talk about, but mm. I think Encanto is entrenched as a favorite, and I think Encanto should be entrenched as a favorite. I think Encanto is one of the best movies I've seen this year, period. I was kind of, I, I knew it wouldn't happen, but I was hoping against hope that we might see it in Best Picture as mm. well, but three nominees, nominations is a great day for Encanto. Yeah, Encanto is the um, is the betting favorite, I believe. Um, listen to uh, me on Mike Mike and Oscar's show as we dive into all the gambling odds. And and um, Mike One touched upon it there. Where is Flea going to win? Nominated in three categories. I think its best chance comes in our next category, and, and that's best documentary feature. Uh, the nominees were Summer of Soul, Flea, Ascension, Attica, and Writing with Fire. This is a category that um, I've always not had a huge passion for but one of my guests has got i don't even know if i could call it a passion it's some sort of sickening obsession it's some it's an indiana jones type like adventure that he needs to put himself through and i don't know i don't understand it but god bless him for doing it also mike i want to come to you talk us through this category talk us through briefly how many of these documentary features you've watched and are you happy i know because i know you're a bit pissed off with with the five that eventually came out (laughs) i i stopped counting at 110 documentaries last year i just watch I did. For a category that always betrays you, by the way, that has historically, since we've been doing MMO, just stabbed you not in the back, but right in the front. (laughs) It's not too brute. It's I go in for it. I'm a masochist. I know. Yeah, it's here for the stabbing. Sick. Yeah, I just walk right into it every time. But I look, I do love this category, and I loved it this year in particular because it was such a deep field of what I thought were very strong movies, one after another. And you could have picked one of 30 films, and I would have been uh, really cool with it. Look, my favorite film, The Rescue, also Mom's favorite film as well. That was a watch party we had, one of the festivals, and uh, we're bummed that The Rescue's <laughs> not here. But I, I will say that I still love four of the five films ascension i don't get i just it's just you guys watch it and you tell me if you get it i will be i'll be here ready for that but it's just like (laughs) scenes of a you know the workplaces in china for an hour there's no through line it's just like all right 15 minutes we're going to spend at this factory and 15 i meant to ask you mike how does how does it stack up to like american factory american factory had a through line we had subjects there's just no story in ascension there's no story in Ascension. Okay. Ascension goes from 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, wow. 15 minutes everywhere. And I guess that is a unique experience. 
I was, you know, my my eyes were glazing over because I need, I'm a story junkie, I'm mm-hmm. a former writer, and I need that. Mm-hmm. But I, look, I think Summer of Soul, even though it's a concert film, has the through line. And it's an archival footage doc that, that showcases the editing, which almost got nominated there. I was bummed that that didn't happen. But this is, like you're saying, Dave, this is a category where Flea may have to win it, but we haven't shaken out the flea candidacy yet as a precursor awards mm. season yes summer of soul may have more hardware right now up to this point yes drive my car may be the prohibitive favorite but i'm kind of leaning towards that being still the favorite because the the academy awarded it so well and canto and flea are kind of on similar levels so where is the oscar puzzle theory going to factor in here this may be flea's category to take this may be the one it has to take mm. we don't know yet I, I am i am really looking forward to this season to see how those three shake out and i'm looking forward to our episode together where we predict these things because that's going to be quite the debate i think mm. yeah i am woefully ill-prepared in this category and it's i mean it's one out of not having a chance to see these things but it's mostly for two out of principle because i like my co-host have been betrayed by this category too many times <laughs> in recent history and i just i can't I, I can't deal with the frustration of this so i haven't even gotten to summer of soul yet but that said i agree with what mike said that it just feels like this is you know there's always something to talk about coming out of documentary mm. feature on Oscar Sunday. And so it would make sense that Summer of Soul, which has been the favorite in this category for a while now, falls short. And this is where Fleet is decided to be crowned in its uh, history making endeavor. Yeah, I mean, my, my stance on this is Flea gets nominated and makes history for three Oscars. Does it then walk away with zero? Um and in an Oscars puzzle theory, I can I can see Flea. If it's going to win, I think it has to be to be Doc Feature. Personally, I think it's the second favorite. It's quite an appealing price, and I may even have a small wager on it. Um, <laughs> can you, you find is know. Flea anywhere right now? Uh, well, this is the question. In terms of watching it, I'm 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 not in the UK. I don't think so. Hulu, Mike. Is it? Yeah, on it just Hulu? came on Hulu. All right. Yeah, and it was in theaters for a while too. Yeah. Well, I knew it was in theaters, but that's the reason I, I know Summer of Soul was was a Hulu player for, and it's been there for a long time. So just I'm thinking of ease of access. I mean, I, obviously the Academy has their own yeah. screening room and all that, but still, nonetheless. Yeah, no, it's a fascinating category, and Flea pops up in our next next category as well, which is best international feature. We have Drive My Car of Japan, the worst person in the world, Norway, Flea, Denmark, the Hand of God, Italy, and Lunana, a yak in the classroom. Bhutan. Um, I will just say, drive my car, flee, the worst person in the world, and hand of God are not a shock. Um, in my opinion, from 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 the yak seems to be a shock. I may be talking, I may be talking nonsense, but I I didn't hear much about a yak being nominated for an Oscar. But um, <laughs> also, Mike, am I talking nonsense, or was what did you make of these five? I was shocked by the the yak in the classroom. Mm. That was one of the few I haven't seen yet. Uh, it just came out on VOD in the, here in the states, though, so I'm going to watch it soon. It's the only feature I haven't seen yet nominated here. But you know, we we knew that the resumes were stacking up for a big four, uh, like you said. I think Drive My Car is the prohibitive favorite. I know we're going to do predictions in the next episode, but when you get best. Uh, picture when you get director and screenplay that should mean that's mm. all she wrote however 
you know, Pants Labyrinth got a lot of crossover noms. I think it had five noms back when I was a student. I remember being shocked on the day when Pants Labyrinth didn't win. That was my first New York Film Festival experience when I sat in front of Guillermo del Toro for an hour at the press screening because they let the students into the press screening. It was one of the best experiences I had as as a student Mm. uh, back in college. And I was just so mad until I saw the movie that won, The Lives of Others. Like, oh my God, what a great movie. So this is a discovery category. And this is a discovery film, Lunana, Yak in a Classroom. So I'm not going to underestimate it just yet. So I was, I was, I knew they were going to throw us for a curveball, Mike. We both said it on our predictions episode. Mm-hmm. And here it is, the Yak. <laughs> I, uh, I don't get it, <laughs> but, but more power to him. It is a, you know, international future has been kind of the theme I've been hammering on. Uh, it's, it's. A kind of a loaded year for that, mm. if I can't say, but it, it seems like it's been loaded the last couple of years. You can find, yeah, as much of a problem I had with Parasite before its third act, anyway, and I was vehemently in the corner of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, mm. I, Bong Joon Ho's message of if you can get over that one inch subtitle thing, there's a whole great world of film. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely right. The best movie I watched in all of 2021 was from South Korea. Uh, I saw the devil. Mm. I mean, it's just, there's so much good cinema out there right now. And the world has caught up with America in spades and they're telling more original stories. I think than I mean, because yeah. of what's going on with the studio restrictions right now, where the only thing in theaters anymore is comic book stuff anyway, mm. which isn't a bad thing, but it's just the state of American theaters. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating category. I and I, do you know what I love to see? It's a category I love to see at the Oscars. I love to celebrate film from from all around the world. Um, there is a bit of a theme in the last couple of years with yaks being nominated and octopuses. Um, so I think you guys <laughs> made the joke on your show. If there's a documentary or an international feature next year about a rabbit or a, a moose mm-hmm. or any kind of animal, I'm putting my money on that. But let's move. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move swiftly on to best original song, and I'll, I'll try and speed things up a little bit for the sake of the listener. And um, the the nominees were No Time to Die, No Time to Die, Billie Eilish and Finise O'Connell. Um, Dos, I can't. Mike one or also Mike is it Dos or Orgitas is how we've been Dos saying. Dos Orgitas. Our pronunciation is is not award winning. <laughs> Dos Orgitas and Canto Lin Mel Miranda. Be Alive, King Richard, Beyonce Knowles, Carter and Dixon. Belfast, Down to Joy, Van Morrison. And Somehow You Do, Four Good Days, Diane Warren. Diane Warren gets her 13th Oscar nomination. 13! <laughs> I'm sorry to shout, but that is madness when I was doing a bit of research for this um for this podcast, 13 Oscar noms. Wow. Also, Mike, what do you make of it? You know, No Time to Die came out two years ago, <laughs> this song. <laughs> so how does that track long term? This is a, a category where I think if we were talking about Bruno, maybe it would be a different story. Uh, but I know, as my co-host always said this entire season, uh, you know, you can't screw this up, Academy. Yeah. So they didn't. Obviously, they didn't. Van Van Morrison is here. Uh, I know you're all, all all good with that, Mike. I know you're a big fan of that movie. And uh, don't worry. Don't worry. Well, the Academy has, you know, we hear every year about the ratings and how desperate they are to appeal mm. to a younger audience. So who better to vote in than Van Morrison to attract all the 18 to 34-year-olds, right? No, it's, it's it was the easiest layup of all time for this category, and there was no bigger and more sure bet than the Academy was going to somehow screw it up. When you, <laughs> a year in which you could have had 
Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Kid Cudi. You could have even had U2. I mean, there was so many A-listers that could have appealed to so many different demographics and 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 age-wise and cultures. And no, you go with Van Morrison and, you know, God bless Diane Warren, but mm. she's a surprise to be here. And she's probably only going to be asked to come to not win again, <laughs> unless it would be a shock because they think Billie Eilish is young enough to, to do it. But... I'm just I'm I'm upset, but I'm not surprised, and I, I I think No Time to Die is the prohibitive betting favorite, probably for good reason. I'm messing around, but let me just say, Down to Joy is a great song, though, and however the betting may go, uh, this category has thrown us for a loop lately, mm. Mike. So you never know. But I'm there's not no Van way Morrison's Van Morrison agrees no. to even perform, does he? No way. He- <laughs> Well, they just relaxed the vaccination requirement. We just saw that, yeah, so you never know is... now. But I, I, I think, uh, I think Van Morrison is not the guy I'm circling. But I think this category with her winning last year, you, you know, and Kanto, we'll see how the precursors shake out. But the the top three. Uh, you know, odds getters or however you phrase that. I the, the long shot won last year with her. The long shot won with uh, Judas. And her should have won. And I was on that. I was on that until Oscar's you were night on it. too. I mean, hot. That's just the best song. And usually, I mean, at least recently, they get the song right, which is nice to mm. see. And if they get the song right, it should be no time to die. I think. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I, I mean, I think. <sighs> Like you said, no time to die. I mean, I remember jumping on your podcast to do that review. It seems like years ago. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Oscars, man, it fries your brain. Um, songs are important. That's for sure. <laughs> songs are obviously vital to movies, but I tell you what else is vital, and that's the score. Um, so let's quickly move on to best original score. The nominees were The Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood, Dune, Hans Zimmer, Don't Look Up, Nicholas Bratel, um, and Canto, Germaine Franco, and Parallel Mothers, Alberto Iglesias. Um, for me, um, no French dispatch. That 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 was a surprise. I think um, Encanto gets in. Um, but for score, um, firstly, I want to say it's a travesty that Spencer wasn't nominated. I'd love to have seen Johnny Greenwood get nominated for two films. I mean, yes, there would have been cannibalization, but the score in Spencer is is masterful in my opinion. But to me, it looks like Dog versus Dune in this category. Um, I'll come to also Mike first. What did you make of these nominations? I'm thrilled for the first uh, in this category, the Latino and the Latina, Latinas first uh, in this in this regard. So Encanto gets in, which is something we've been seeing lately. We've been seeing the animated films, especially the Pixar and Disney ones, uh, get some traction in score. Last year, the winner from Soul. And Parallel Mothers, Alberto Iglesias. I thought that was one of the best scores of the year. I picked it somehow. Yeah. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. And I... I did ramble over to this one, and I, w- I was just really happy that uh, you know that they, they're getting they're they're expanding their lists at mm. the academy. The international, the new academy, is making its voice heard, and uh, it, you know what took them so long, fine, but it is still good to see. Mike, one great year for score. 
I mean, that's that's the, what the takeaway is for me. I thought the power of the dog uh, is the best one, but that's subjective, and I don't even know if it's the the betting favorite right now. Dune, I think, is the leader right now, but don't look up. Mike and I have talked about numerous times on our show how that's something that sticks with you. I echo what Mike just said about Encanto. Mm. Uh, Mike was on the ball, was on the money. He's been singing the praises of the score for Parallel Mothers all year as well, so it, it just goes in line with the last couple years, too. I mean, we're in the kind of a, a, a golden age of film scores right now, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the it's a strong category. I think it's between... Hans Zimmer and, and Johnny Greenwood, um, two ma- magical scores. Um, mm. Whatever you think of the power of the dog, I know that's quite a divisive film. I think you can agree that the um, the score is great. Something else that's great in the power of the dog is cinematography. That's our next next category. Best cinematography. The nominees were Dune, uh, Greg Fraser, The Power of the Dog, Ari Wegner, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Bruno Del Bonnell, Nightmare Alley, Dan Lawstein, and West Side Story, Janusz Kaminski? Kaminski? Kam... I'm just going to go with... The Kaminsky method. I'm just going to go with that. Um, <laughs> the uh, the first thing I would say about cinematography is no Belfast. Um, is that a sign of weakness for Belfast? Did Belfast need that coattail for cinematography? Um, what do you think also, Mike? If you're stacking it up with the power of the dog, yeah. It's got the inferior resume at the moment. However, you know, you you do have composition categories for Belfast like screenplay uh, to make it still alive. So great year for cinematography mm. is what I'll say. A great year for black and white cinematography. Yep. Another worldly year for black and white cinematography. Maybe mm-hmm. you got to go back to the olden days to find a better one. Uh, all five of these nominations are next level and I think it had, you know, I had Spencer, one of my favorite oh. cinematographies of the year. I had I had so many that I just absolutely adored. I loved that went over the moon for I gushed over on our podcast. Even films that I didn't like that are in here uh, that had great camera work uh, just eye-popping stuff. Mm. So congratulations to all five of these. And um, I can't wait to dissect this one with uh, with guests in the future as well. This is an awesome category. Yeah, I echo. Uh, I mean, took the words out of my mouth. It's a loaded category. It's a great year for it. I also have tough times dis- dissecting sometimes between cinematography versus production design. Mm. I mean, Nightmare Alley cinematography was great, but do I give more credit to the production design? They built that traveling carnival, that type of thing. I, the one cinematography, I, I have those types of questions for all these noms, which is just a credit to both the camera work and the set design. But the one cinematography thing that sticks out to me that I feel stupid about is West Side Story deserves to be here because they made a high school gym look like this big event. And I feel <laughs> stupid for having not predicted it. And I, I, I'm not surprised that it made the field. I was no fan of West Side Story, but I think it's cinematography deserved the nomination. So I'm glad it did get in here. Yeah, um, I, I think cinema. <sighs> You know, whatever you think of West Side Story, it's 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 interesting to look at. And like you said, they there is some elaborate over the top scenes, and they've done well to capture that on the camera. Um, and it sort of leads us nicely into the next category as well, which is best visual visual. I'm gonna go with visual effects. That's the way you say it. Um, <laughs> best visual effects. The nominees were Dune, Free Guy, Spider Man No Way Home, Shang Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, and No Time to Die. Quick reactions to this, I would just say No Matrix Resurrection, um, which had Guild Choice and BAFTA. Um, that that was a surprise, I would say. And Free Guy made it in. The We can now say, I think you made this joke on your show, the Oscar-nominated film Free Guy. Um, so I'm going to come to Mike One first. What is it like to live in a world where Free Guy is an Oscar-nominated movie? 
one of my dreams is to have like a whole shelf of Blu-rays and physical media or whatever, 4K, whatever, blah, 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 where it's just the most obscure Oscar nominated <laughs> film. So like Free Guy will be there. Suicide, <laughs> a or Suicide Squad will be there. Maleficent will be there. That's that's all I want out of life. So I think the Academy did me personally a solid by having Free Guy in here. Also, Mike, you're a man who loves his niches. You, you love your niches. Uh, <laughs> Another category where I really love the uh, the work here, yeah. so it's hard to argue any of these noms. I like the short list. I thought all mm. ten were pretty awesome. It was just great to get back in movie theaters this year and see big budget Hollywood effects on another level. Uh, and I, look, I loved Love and Monsters. It was a smaller film that made their money go a long way, and and this year you saw a lot more money go even longer <laughs> yeah. with some of these nominations like these are awesome movies that just you know they they it's they're they're cartoons half the time it's just cgi and they make it look real like spider-man no way home i know he's not swinging across new york but he looks like, like he is <laughs> and you know, shang chi i mean they're in this mythical wondrous finale and it just it looks it looks like it's happening in front of your eyes, and we got to th- experience that in movie theaters again. Free guys mention, in a video game, for Christ's sake. The practical effects, too. I mean, we saw Shang-Chi actually use that trolley to run over actual cars on the side mm. street. You know, like, good job by, by I mean, it's yeah. Marvel, so they don't need my praise for telling them good job on visual effects. But I'm going to give it to them anyway, because screw them. Good job by them for having that... Uh, Having that go forward, it looks great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great category, and if you haven't seen any of those nominations, I would encourage you to watch it because the visual effects are great. Um, I think it's Dune's to lose. Um, I haven't got the betting odds to hand, but I mm. think Dune is the betting favorite. I think all of these might be Dune's to lose, to be honest with you. Yeah, Dave. I mean, we'll... we'll t- Stay tuned for MMO's predictions yeah, well, I've got, episode. I, trust yeah. me, I've got some pretty wild predictions for that. Um, so from visual effects we move to editing now editing if you're new to this oscars puzzle if you're new to this podcast editing is a key nomination i think you guys would agree when when i say that um it's it's a real sign of strength um and it's i think you guys have got some amazing stats on your show but the crossover between an editing nomination and a best picture win or an editing win and a best picture winner are pretty high and the nominees for best film editing were dune the power of the dog don't look up King Richard and Tick Tick Boom. Um, my immediate response: No pizza, no Belfast, and no West Side Story. This is this is like tremendous news for the power of the dog, for Belfast and West Side Story to miss editing. Like I've seen a lot of people on Twitter with those nominees retweet it with "It's over." The power of the dog has won. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom makes it in. I just want to say that film is superbly edited. Like, if you want to see an example of a good edited film, watch Tick, Tick, Boom. But I was shocked um, to see it hit editing and then miss Best Picture. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I will say briefly, King Richard shows some strength here. Um, I was a big fan of King Richard. I've only seen it the once. I need to rewatch it. But it getting editing is important for it but for me it's dog versus dune dune is the four to seven favorite and the dog is the two to one second favorite it's a fascinating race and to me early in i don't know exactly where it comes on the oscars card but if the dog wins editing that's going to be big for its best picture chances i'll come to also mike first what did you think of these nominees and stop me waffling (laughs) 
No, I co-sign everything you're saying here. I think uh, I think Dune is epic old Hollywood film editing, and it it makes you feel like the the big sweeping desert mm. film like Lawrence of Arabia, and then but it's also like big Star Wars uh, level battle scenes that uh, I think Denis Villeneuve and, and company here. You know, they pulled off kind of the unadaptable film. So this is a composition category for Joe Walker and company where it gives Dune a nod and gives it some hope. So that was a big get for Dune there. Uh, King Richard is now alive, I think, in more uh, for more of, the, of a best picture conversation than we wow. thought getting yep. Pamela Martin the nomination here because I, I do think that's a pacing award and I do think the Academy, uh, in terms of best picture, they need, they require a well-paced film. And I love the pacing of King Richard. I, lo- I love how that movie flowed uh, and it de- really delivered for me. So the fact that King Richard is now alive for a SAG, it's now alive in editing, you never know. Like the Academies may love that movie more than the critics so king richard is alive although the only other point i have is that netflix played their cards right with the ace editing comedy category and they had you know don't look up in there tick tick boom in there and and i didn't give it enough credit at the time i actually made fun of the pundits who drew it out (laughs) but this mattered like tick tick boom and don't look up found their way in here over pizza over belfast over west side Mm. story for christ's sake yeah, it's not only that like Licorice Pizza and Belfast and West Side Story missed, it's that they missed at the expense of something like Tick, Tick, yeah. Boom, which wasn't treated overly well by the Academy. And, you know, only two noms. Garfield, you think, was always going to be there. But to have a second nom being film editing, that's kind of shocking to me. But otherwise, I'm just going to underscore what Mike said. I think everyone's talking about Dune. Can Dune be taken seriously? Don't sleep on King Richard's best picture chances now. I mean, it's got the technical, it's got the acting, and... It's it's stronger coming out of a uh, nomination voting than it was mm. going in, which is something that matters. I mean, momentum tends to matter in these voting situations. Yeah, I mean, King Richard is a is a fascinating pick. And shout out to my cousin John, who's actually had a little wager on King Richard at twenty five to one for a little bit of oh, wow. for a little bit of fun. Mm. Um, I've sucked him into the world of Oscars, and he's he's uh, he's enjoying the journey, but. You know, I think you're right. King Richard hits where it needs to hit. It, it's got that um, uh, that editing uh, nomination there, and it, it holds a strong hand. Um, don't sleep on King Richard. And and also, I would say, if you were to show the power of the dog and King Richard to your average movie goer, I know mm. they're not Academy members, so it might be a, 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 a you know a mute point. But King Richard is going to please more people, I think, than The Power of the Dog. King Richard is a is a crowd pleaser. It also has the best actor front runner in it. Um, it lands SAG mm. Ensemble, which it could win. So yeah, I think um, might won multiple acting noms. Got the screenplay nom, has the technical nom. I mean, it's it's got a good, really, really solid yeah. resume. Um, it's a it's a fascinating film. Um, and it's it's an interesting angle. And the great thing about Oscars punditry and and commenting on this is that you can, in an Oscars puzzle theory, make a case for many films. And King Richard is one of them. But to stop me waffling, we'll move on to costume design. And I apologise in advance for my pronunciation of some of these names. Uh, the last one is particularly fantastic. Uh, I'm going to give it my best Italian accent. Um, that's best <laughs> best costume design. Uh, we have Cruella, Jenny Beaven, Dune, Jacqueline West, and Bob Morgan, West Side Story, 
Paul Tazewell, Nightmare Alley, uh, Louis Sequeira, I'll go with that, and Cyrano, Massimo Cantini Parini, and Jacqueline Duran. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I hope my um, my accent there was okay. Um, both mics are smiling, so I think it wasn't too bad. Um, <laughs> the first thing I'll say about this film is I knew House of Gucci was in trouble when it couldn't get a bloody costume nomination. Uh, the film is about Gucci. Mm. It's about one of the biggest designers ever. The film is full of different kinds of costumes. Gucci doesn't make it in. No, I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> I'll come to um, I'll come to Mike one first. What did you make of these nominations? And uh, what, what, yeah, what do, what do you think? I feel the same way. I never understood, and what, Gucci was never like in the running for this for this category either, which kind of mm. surprised me. It wasn't wasn't treated well, but I didn't understand that either. I don't understand how you have a movie about Gucci that doesn't do it. But okay, it's fine. It doesn't make the the cut for costume design. Fine, have it your way. We'll have Doom be nominated, <laughs> which is just one costume that thousands of people wear. It's all the same <laughs> costume. But what do I know? Uh, I, we've talked about how like iconic. Ariana DeBose's uh, yellow dress was in West Side Story. That's kind of a big deal. That's easy to see why West Side Story is here. And Cruella, I mean, look, if you want to get cheat your way into an Oscar nom, have a have a well-known property turn itself into a movie that's about the fashion industry. And if you can have it done, be have it done by Disney too. So that had all mm. things going for it. Why that's an Oscar-nominated movie here in this category as well. Fun category, I think overall. Also, Mike. Yeah. Shout out to Amanda. Shout out to Amanda of Swell Entertainment who calls Corella fashion joker on our yeah. podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder I wonder if the Academy said only one fashion joker was allowed in mm. here, not the chic <laughs> mister. Ah, and I make some I make some jokes that have some bite. <laughs> Mike, I, I I'm fascinated by this category because we have like functionally futuristic uh, we have uh, disgustingly realistic mm. in the Dune, you know, costumes that are worked into the storyline because they're recycling all their bodily fluids as uh, Jack D. Ripper. <laughs> I kept hearing him in my head when I was uh, watching Dune for the first time. Their bodily fluids. <laughs> quote. I, Dr. Strangelove quotes usually go through my head, but there we go. I, I, I think this was a great year from great year for costumes and i'm always fascinated by these these categories that pull from various types of films like what are what are they what do they value this branch do they value just the craftsmanship or do they value like the historical authenticity of of the costumes or the creativity mm. of the costumes like we've seen from black panther like we've seen from mad max in the win in, in the winners in the past so dune could be one of those or we could have more of the historical weight and historical craftsmanship be awarded with any one of the other four i would say because even cruella is kind of a take on modern fashion with the fashion joker mm. yeah it's it's a fascinating category from a betting angle i know cruella is the favorite um, but i do have an outside pick um, which i think will win this category at quite a big price so do listen to me on mmno uh, to hear that there you go. There's a good piece. <laughs> if you, nice. if you come, and, come and lose some money with me. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next category, which used to be two categories, and now it's, it's sound. It's, it's just just sound. Um, the nominees mm -hmm. are Dune, West Side Story, No Time to Die, Belfast, and The Power of the Dog. Um, 
to me, this 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 is a pretty slam dunk win, in my opinion, for Dune. Like that film, I, I'm not going to pretend I know nothing about sound editing, sound mixing. I, you know, talk to my co-host Craig Fields. He'll tell you when it comes to technical stuff. I'm a complete buffoon, um, but <laughs> but you don't have to be an expert to know that the sound in Dune is incredible. Um, I think No Time to Die. The sound in that film was brilliant. We spoke on your pod about how many noms that would get. I was great to see that here. Um, I'll come to also Mike first. It's a tough category to really get your 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 fingers stuck into but what did you make of these nominees and how are you feeling about this category oh, i suck at predicting this category. <laughs> i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about it i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about it for too long but i will say like belfast gets audio coattails mm. but audio respect and much like you know roma with those riot scenes yeah. here you have a black and white movie a memoir from a director with riot scenes in it and the cacophony of sounds that one would hear in a riot on a hollywood level you know you you hear those in the film and i think the precision of the power of the dog is Mm. is rewarded here as well i think they they really that's a quiet film that's a slow-paced film and you get sound there that you really you know it really gets digs into your brain earworms so to yeah. speak no time to die like you said west side story dune these are huge hollywood productions with just majestic levels of uh of technical savvy that i you none of us will ever understand mm. mm-hmm that's correct. I don't understand. <laughs> so, so there you have it, guys. Th- guys, three guys talking about a category they don't understand. Only available on Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. It sounds good. <laughs> Road to the Oscars. Yeah. It sounds good, Dave. Sounds yeah, good to my ears. Good. I'll, I'll use yeah. that as a promo for the episode on uh, on on Twitter. I tell you what, though, a, a category we do know a little bit more about is production design. Um, some fascinating nominees. Uh, in this category, and it's one of the categories where actually I I I just can't argue with the noms. Like I'm just pretty satisfied with them. Uh, the nominees in best production design were Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and The Power of the Dog. I'm going to come to Mike One first. Um, thoughts on this category? I think they're all pretty. Well earned. I mean, I, I love production design. There's also, I keep talking about this, there's this sneaky link and this correlation between what the actual what happens at the production design category at the Critics' Choice and what ends up happening both in the Oscar noms and Oscar winners. So if you kind of want some insight as to what's going to win this category, maybe pay attention to when the Critics' Choice rolls around with the production design category. But as far as doing this on merit, I mean, Nightmare Alley was wildly impressive. Dune, obviously wildly impressive. Uh, Macbeth. Mike and I joke all the time. I don't, like when you have a castle, you get into production design. But is are you cheating if you have the castle? Do you have to actually do stuff with? The, I'm 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 saying that in jest. I'm sure they did a lot, but like the castle helps. But yeah, these are all these are five movies that have really yeah blow you away settings. The castles in uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, they could like pass in the movie Dune though. They are that sleek mm. and well uh, constructed to the point where you wouldn't expect them in medieval times. You would expect them in futuristic, you know, science fiction. So I mm. will give it that credit. Mm. And I think I think that's a testament to all these production designers, sec- decorators, and 
you know, art directors where they built these iconic sets and reimagined mm-hmm. them to the point where we have five adaptations here. The Power of the Dog was a really meaningful book for some people. We finally get to visit Mr. Uh, Mr. Phil Burbank and his memories of Bronco Henry there. We have, you know, West Side Story. Is there more iconic production design in Hollywood history than... West Side mm. Story and all the neon lights of the original. Nightmare Alley, that's a remake, and we get Guillermo's Carnival. And then, of course, Dune of the Planet of Arrakis. I mean, they made a documentary about a guy who wanted to make that movie and couldn't figure it out <laughs> uh, because because he made a book and he drew up all the sets of Dune and, and that planet. So, for Christ's sake, these are five amazing uh amazing jobs in the production design category yeah it's a it's, it's a solid category like i said i can't argue with any of these noms uh, and another category that's important i mean all these categories are important but for the for the visuals for the for the film for the how the actors and actresses look and that's best makeup and hairstyling uh the nominees were the eyes of tammy faye dune cruella coming to america and the gooch house of (laughs) gucci with its one lonely nomination um my immediate reaction was coming to america gets in um that's that's pretty cool um and house of gucci with its one nom one um yes i'm still bitter um i mean i'll come to mike one first here what did you make of these these nominations and how are you feeling about the gucci just having the one well, there's finally some justice in this godforsaken <laughs> ballot. You know, that's how I feel. But I, we actually, we talk a lot about hair and makeup, and we spend a lot of time on it. It's, it's something that's become somewhat of a, a near and dear to MMO's heart. I don't know how or why, but we, we always joke that this category likes to have the powdered face. They like white face paint or white powder <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. face. I think that's well represented again. You can talk about whether that's Cruella or Dune or or whatever. I, the only drawback I have in this is I was not crazy about the makeup in the eyes of Tammy mm. Faye. I thought it came off as a little cartoonish. I know, uh, Mike, did you share my sentiment there or, or you, am I thinking of you talking about a different film? No, I, I think I agreed with you more or less. Uh, right. Tammy Faye's face is uh, highly constructed <laughs> in real life and in and in the film, mm-hmm. and it's it's a bummer mm-hmm. in some cases because beautiful women shouldn't do that. I wish they wouldn't. Uh, in terms of <laughs> Jessica Chastain, I know. Look, I know Jessica Chastain is transformed by the makeup, and this has been a theme in the category. To be honest, I mean, from yeah. from the fat suit of your. Your your patriarch, your your, your historical patriarch, <laughs> Winston, Winston Winston Churchill, right? Yeah. I mean, from from that through through the category with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and we've just mm. seen this time and again where the this category likes to honor the prosthetics and the transformation factor of it. But we got a lot of combo nominations here. I mean, Dune, they're they're doing some prosthetics, but they got the space age hairdos. Corella, you got makeup and hairstyle. Like that's the thing. Like mm. coming to America is a showcase on all fronts. House of Gucci is a showcase on both fronts with with uh paolo who looked real as cartoonish as that man did you know (laughs) wanted to act he looked like a real human being which was not something i could say from the posters but in the film (laughs) that guy passed for for real and then he had to speak and well when he spoke i didn't it only got better yeah 
That's what you're going to say. It only uh, got better. That's not what I said. That's, that's not what I said. I trailed <laughs> off. But I, that's not what I said. So that's your nominees for best makeup and hairstyling. And we are coming into land now. Three more categories, and we'll keep these fairly brief. Um, but I do want to mention them. They are Oscar nominees. They are great pieces of work, and they deserve to get a mention on the show. Best live action short: um, Ala Kuchu, Take and Run. Um, the Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. Um, just briefly, have, have either of you seen any of these? Nope. I have not. Not yet. We will yeah. watch them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we will. But let's just say this. Let's make the PSA. Go watch yeah, these movies. I totally go yeah. support these films. Go support these filmmakers. Um, Maybe bring tissues and bring you know be prepared because sometimes they're a parade of sadness and they tug yes. at your heartstrings. But yeah, they're definitely well-made um, films. But yeah, now these nominees are out. They're rewarding. Seek them out and watch them. Um, briefly, again, we'll mention Best Animated Short. Um, the nominees are Affairs of the Art, uh, Bestia, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. Um, also, Mike, what have you seen here and what do you think was snubbed, if you if you have any thoughts on this category? Yeah, Robin Robin is on mm. Netflix. It's very cute. It's a half hour short yeah. film, but it's it's well made. And you you want to hug birds and mice in that <laughs> film, so they did they did that. I wish I wish us again was mm. here. I wish Namo was here, and uh, I, I those are two movies I thought were really well uh, animated last year yeah and what i would say is i um and another plug here for for andrew morgan if you've if you've heard of him um <laughs> i'm gonna be reviewing um robin robin with andrew morgan of the nomcast so keep an eye out on his feed uh, next week and we're coming into land now we are landing and it's best documentary short the nominees are audible lead me home the queen of basketball um three songs for benazir and when we were bullies um also, Mike, um, what do you make of this five? Anything that missed? Um, and I know you've seen at least one of these. Yeah, the Queen of Basketball is really good. I, I love that one. Uh, otherwise, Audible and Three Songs for Ben Benazir are on Netflix. I have. I, I'm kind of holding back to watch these because I want to watch them with Mike. I want to sit next to Mike and and put my arm around him. No, I, I, I don't want to be anywhere near you when we watch Coddle these films. Me. But I can't wait. No, I can't wait to talk about these because we had so much fun talking about these last year in this particular category, documentary short feature uh, or documentary short film. But we had a that was one of our favorite yeah. categories. Of of the night, Mike. Yeah, they're they're important films too. They're usually, especially the doc shorts, they come with a mm. message, but they are heavy, very heavy. Yeah, I would say Audible, Lead Me Home, and Three Songs for Benazir um, are on Netflix, um, and I will be oh, good. Um, discussing yeah. those with Andrew Morgan on the Nomcast, gentlemen. Believe it or not, the plane has now landed. Um, we have finished um, this particular show Um, so I just want to thank you so much for joining us on this second episode of Road I did that there for you for you guys the the road road to the Oscars series Um, Mike won and also Mike it's been an absolute honour to analyse this year's nominations with you both Um, please once again just remind the dear listener where they can find you and all your work yeah, we are uh, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, .com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. So whether that be on the Apple Podcast app, on the Spotify app, whatever app you use to hear podcasts, uh, when you're done listening to the Is It Worth It pod, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We'll be there waiting for you. And why not leave us both, both Andrew's pod and, uh, and, and uh, uh, good God, I just totally spaced out there. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, it's absolutely... Totally spaced out. Totally spaced out. I'm talking about Andrew. Now he's on my mind. David's pod <laughs> and our pod. A five-star review. <laughs> yes, we would. <laughs> we, it's been a long one, um, Mike One, so I'll, I'll forgive you there. Um, you can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Film Is Worth It. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. You can also email the show with your thoughts on the Oscar nominations. Please do email the show. We love getting your emails. Uh, you can email the show at My Mail Is Worth It at isitworthitpodcast.com that email address again is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com you can also find our extensive back catalogue where you're listening to the show right now or head on over to www.isitworthitpodcast.com breathe in final (laughs) (laughs) final thing just to plug the next episode it's going to be with Andrew Morgan of the Nomcast and we're actually going to do a streaming special. So we're going to do Netflix nice. versus Apple TV versus Amazon Prime oh, versus Disney cool. Plus. We're going to talk about all the streamers, Showdown. what it means. You know, it's a big thing now, particularly with COVID times, how much of an impact the streamers have on the Academy Awards. We will find out on Oscars Sunday. The plane has landed. The passengers are now getting off. Um, and we'll finish... <laughs> By saying, I've been David Long, they've been Mike, Mike and Oscar, and this has been Road to the Oscars. We will be back talking all things Oscars very, very soon. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Thank you.